0: now we're named the dj party oh no, yeah it's the dj party apparently so so was like my great like occult like group i, l- I like it yeah <laughs> i like it a lot dj
1: and his friends DJ it sounds, and sounds his more friend. like a cheesy rap album from it, the early it, 90s it, it could be, it could be. <laughs> maybe one for kids but yeah so, so that was a wonderful like joke there it was <laughs> moving on <laughs>
0: bottom
1: of a bottle and i ain't gonna change my way but i ain't half bad when i do without it don't happen much these days hey everybody here at sugar mamas it's good to see everybody out tonight yeah Woo! the millions and
0: millions
1: Millions and millions of people here. For those that are that are listening in post, we have a huge crowd. We're really excited to have everybody, um, and just want to welcome everybody here to Sugar Mamas. This is Chris Hill. Uh, this is DJ. My phone is still playing the theme song hey, from, for Kelsey's Woods. Yeah. Well, no, from, for for a beer by Kelsey's Woods. Woods. Yeah. So, anyways, got a little spill. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're just here today celebrating yeah. to the sea craft beer. We are here okay, today. We'll, we'll hang out a minute. We just had a little crash, though. So. We just had a little bit of an accident. Is everybody alive? We knocked her out of her seat. We were so good. That stays on the podcast. <laughs> you bet. You bet. There's no no taking that out. Yeah, cool. So anyways, um, that was a that was a doozy.
2: Doozy. Crashing anyways, start there.
1: Getting, getting back to it. I um, want to introduce our guest tonight. We're really excited to have Brandon from Black Horse Brewery with us. <laughs> it's good to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. And, of course, we have Mike from Sugar Mom is hanging out, too. Hey, cheers, guys. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to make fun of my NPR voice the whole time, so we'll see. Hey, you promise me. I won't get closer to the mic, Mike. I'm on it. There you go. Very close. Very cool. So, Brandon, um, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, we know you're the, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what your role is at uh, Black Horse and what you guys, what you do. Um,
2: well, I'm the general manager for the Black Horse. I uh, oversee the uh, operations and the uh, sales marketing for the uh, brewery and then uh, the, uh, you know, very loosely based on the, uh, the restaurant. We have a full service restaurant, um, so we are a brew pub. Um, So I I oversee all those operations and uh, dabble in everything, just try to hit everything a little bit,
1: keep it going. Cool. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, definitely. What what would you say is the main difference between somewhere like Black Horse that's a brew pub and somewhere that's mainly mainly a strict brewery?
2: Well, you know, the the restaurant being attached is the – you know, obviously by the Brewers Association standards is the is the, is the main difference. Uh, you know, the majority of our beer is sold on site. I think, uh, you know, after looking at our numbers from this year, it's going to change. We're actually going to become a microbrewery with a restaurant rather than a brew pub because more than, uh, I think it's 20% of our sales are actually uh, um, sold off site rather than being the majority of our beer sold on site. So, uh, you know, that's going to change, uh, you know, if you want to label it as a, uh, you know, what most people label uh from the brewers association but you know we just strive to have good food a good place where you can come in and uh you know have a burger a beer and then uh uh, sell our beer off site and you come into a local bar and you can you know get your black horse ipa um, what you're used to you know when you come into the pub very cool am i supposed
0: to ask questions or something what
3: is the difference between what did you say you were going to become as opposed to what you are right now
1: yeah
2: so the uh, the Brewers Association, uh, you know, classifies everything, and you know, I don't know if you, uh, quoting me on it, but um, you, know, you have different types of breweries, craft breweries, and then you have the, uh, you know, you have the micro and the, uh, you know, I think some of those definitions have changed. Like you know, Sam Adams, and uh, you know, Yingling is now as part of the Craft Brewers Association. You know, they're all considered craft. You know, Sweetwater, when you get so many barrels a year, but then you have microbreweries, like Sawyers here in town's micro microbrewery, and. Uh, Then you have the nano breweries, like, uh, you know, Crafty Bass would be a nano brewery. But um, then you have brew pubs. Brew pubs are, um, you know, where they have a restaurant attached. uh, I think it might be uh, uh, less than 20% of their sales are, you know, sent off um, or distributed. And then, you know, the majority of their beer is sold in-house. And then um, we we surpassed that a long time ago. Uh, You know, we kind of wanted to hold on to the brew pub because, you know, we like being a brew pub. Um, then you have the microbrewery restaurants, and you know, try, you know, off the top of my head, I can't. You know, you know we talked about R.J. Rockers earlier, and um, they are uh, obviously a microbrewery slash restaurant, you know, a brewery attached to a restaurant. You know, just different classifications of the uh, of the brewery itself, um, how they sell their beer. So.
3: Yeah, because I, I keep hearing brewpub getting tossed around, and like when we were on WBR, they kept referring to us as that, which I knew was not correct. But I yeah. mean. I mean, we don't brew anything, but, like, I think they were thinking, like, well, because we're, like, a craft beer bar only and whatever else, that was a brew pub, which obviously isn't correct, but I don't know what actually defines that, a brew pub, you know, as opposed to whatever else.
0: Yeah, like he was saying earlier, the um, uh, Brew Association has their, their official uh, definitions for most of this stuff. Like, um, if you're considered craft, it's, like, they keep on pushing the number up because of um, uh, the... Sam Adams and Yingling and stuff, and they want to keep those brands listed as a craft. Uh, and we working on sound here. Being distracted. Don't, don't get distracted. Either. I'm just, just distracted. Keep talking. Squirrel. So you're here in your you're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Which which the story about the property here in Knoxville is a cool story. How you, it it tried. You, it was there one. There was a brew pub there once before, and then it left and came back and started in Clarksville. I tell the story about the
2: um property here in Knoxville, maybe and uh, yeah,
0: it sure. also hit up hit up hit up about the
2: um, history of um, yeah, I mean the just, Clarksville one too. Yeah, definitely. Uh you know, the Clarksville one was started in nineteen uh well it actually started as the Franklin Street uh pub in nineteen ninety two. It didn't have any restaurant attached to it. And then the uh the Black Horse Brewery was op- was opened as a separate uh, business next door and we started brewing our own beer and it was two different buildings, two different staffs, two men's staffs, uh, two kitchens. It was just, you know two of everything, two operating expenses. And uh, we decided uh, to merge those two businesses together and come up with the Black Horse Pub and Brewery. And uh, so the Franklin Street Pub and the Black Horse Brewery merged from Black Horse Pub and Brewery. And uh, we started, um, you know, we did that, you know, 95 is when those two merged, so from 95 on. And then in 97, uh, I think, is right on the time we opened up here in Knoxville decided that we wanted to, you know, open up our little restaurant over there in uh, Brew Pub over in uh, Bearden, and we uh, had a a really good go at it. The restaurant actually did really well, and, uh, you know, we had a tornado come through downtown Clarksville, and, we tried to do the right thing. We paid our staff. Everybody was getting paid, you know, for the most part, and try to put that place back together, and it... um, you know, obviously, it takes its toll on anybody. And then, just right about that time, so Green Hills Grill, I think, came in, and they were a big concept at the time. They came in and they said, uh, "You know, we want to buy you out on your lease." Perfect timing. I mean, we're talking about six months after that tornado, somebody comes in and says, hey, uh, "You know, we'll give you some money on your lease, and you know, y'all get out of here." Um, definitely didn't get all that money, but we, you know, got the uh, um, opportunity to go back to Clarksville and rebe- rebuild our pub. And spend you know, those years doing it. And out of the blue in september of 2012 somebody calls up and says hey you should come down and look at this restaurant i mean you know i got that phone call to come up here and look at it and, and see what i thought and um you know i came down the, i mean the place looked like it you know people just deserted it i mean the, the silverware was all still on the tables it had only been closed for five days and uh, i walked in and i was like oh this is this is pretty neat and I, you know, my only concern was is, um well you know we could we could we can make a go at it i'm just worried about the location and uh you know, looking back on it now, I mean, the location is, you know, it's off the beaten path. Not many people know it's there. Yeah, you know, we go into accounts still today, and people, oh, we didn't know y'all had a uh, brew pub over there. Yeah, we do. It's, it's in that back right corner, you know, hidden by the trees. It's still there, though, and, uh, you know, it was a struggle, and we, uh, but we made it. We came through, and, and you know, it's working out well, I and, mean, you know, good staff, and, you know, a lot of loyalty. I mean, we started off, and it was slow, and um, a lot of people stuck with us, and it was very, uh, all those people that stuck with us, we, we have people there that are still there now. You know, Half the staff is still there now. I mean, that's, it's hard to say for restaurants for you know, not to have that turnover. You know, yeah. we have a 97% turnover rate in some restaurants and with us, we don't have it. And uh, you know, very appreciative of all that. We have some really good employees.
1: That's really cool. Um, you probably don't know this, but DJ and I have a very close tie to Black Horse. We actually are there just about every week on Sunday nights. Drinking beer, hanging out, um, either on the back patio or in the bar. um, Yeah, I've seen y'all in there before. Okay, okay. (laughs) I I wondered, I wondered. You did look a little familiar when I saw you. Um, Somebody want to give me a call next
0: time?
3: what? Somebody (laughs) want to give me a call next time? (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: Every Sunday at 8
2: o'clock, you're welcome. Uh, The world is welcome now. Well, not bed, oh. bedtime is before
3: that. I got to be in bed before that, I'll
2: uh, so. Well, the server's actually no DJ by name now. It's not a. Uh, it used to be the uh, eight o'clock party on Sunday night. Now it's the uh, um, well, DJ and his friends are coming in. So you know, we, we're, we are well aware of, of the uh, people
1: coming in. Our, our last, our last crew used to be. Um, we we used to be up at Downtown Grill and Brewery, and we used to be called the Church Group. <laughs> and on our, our tickets it was actually labeled church group we, we always got a good laugh out of that that's great that's great but now we're named the DJ party oh, now yeah. it's the DJ yeah. party apparently so was like, so like my DJ great program. like occult
0: Definitely. like group I, I like it yeah. I like it a lot DJ and his friends it sounds his more friend. like a
1: cheesy rap album from it, the it, early it, 90s it it could be, it could be. <laughs> Maybe one for kids, but yeah. So, so that was a wonderful joke there. It was <laughs> moving on. <laughs>
3: Breaking
1: up the NPR. Uh, Anyways, Chris has NPR
3: voice, so Rick, are in that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like I said, it would come back. Um, but no, I, I was I was just gonna say we lo- we love all the beers that are coming through um, through Black Horse. We love all the. Um, the new stuff that's coming out, too. What yeah, are, what are I, I mean, some of the next things I, that we I need to look forward to? You know,
2: talking about that, it just, it just brings it back to the, uh, you know, we went through multiple brewers um, over that time. And, you know, we, a couple of decisions had to be made. And, I, you know, I looked at it. And, you know, this guy from Cincinnati called me up one day and said, uh, I need a job, you know. And I didn't know where he was going with it. And, you know, I, wonder, I wondered why he was emailing me why he wanted a job. And uh, because, you know, I have other people that hire people. And uh, we hired him, and he was actually a home brewer. His name's Ben Copeland. And
0: he does an
2: amazing job. And I can't, you know, that decision that I made that day, I I can't see myself making that, you know, changing it. Uh, The beers that he's coming out with now and how he's, uh, you know, basically perfected the recipe, uh, recipes of the, you know, the the beers that we had before, Um, you know, There's a difference between you know brewing for a brew pub where you put it into a grundy tank down in your you know and serve it you know on draft or put it in a package and that beer has to be you know it's kind of treated differently and uh, we didn't know that and uh you know we've grown over time and you know ben didn't know all that stuff either but you know he's willing to learn and uh he does a great job i mean all the new beers that we have coming out you know what we have in the pipeline all the stuff that he's fixed and uh, what he's done—a really good job at. I mean, that's that's—he does a great job. And you know, his staff that he has, you know, Witt and Nicholas. I mean, they do a great job as well too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have to put it to them. They, uh, you know, I will come up with some random ideas. You know, I, you know, I told him I said, you know, you should really work on an IPA. You know, it's like it's like I, uh, it's like the light went off in his head, and he uh, it's like he already knew what he was going to do. He was just waiting for me to say, let's do it. <laughs> And uh, he did a great job, I mean he made a really good IPA. And, you know, I come back every once in a while and say, hey, that IPA changed a little bit. It doesn't have as much of that grapefruit. He's like, "Do you want me to change it? And then he didn't even stop. He just goes, no, I really like it how it is. And I'm like, well, I like it how it is. I'm just telling you that I noticed the change. He's like, well, you know, you drink it all the time. I do.
3: But- I was actually going to ask about that. So he st- when did Ben start? Because, I mean, I know that I remember when he uh, – Somebody came by and brought us that IPA when it was just it hadn't even been a, like released to the public. We had a couple cans. We, we were still cracking the floorboards probably on this place, you know, getting everything busted up in this place. And you guys brought in the IPA and it was delicious. Oh, we sell it every day to this day, so we yeah, always will. It's fantastic. Yeah, definitely delicious.
2: And uh, you know, somebody asked me uh, in the beginning that first batch that you probably got. It's like, what's the ABV on this? And, you know, Ben's looking at me with the wink and saying 6.2 plus plus plus, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just like, I can't put a label out there for that. You know, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, you know, he he did a really good job, though. I got,
0: I got a little good, good Ben story for, for you. Um, so this was probably one of the first times I ever met Ben. Uh, me and uh, um, Zach from the the Knoxville Tours. Everybody knows, from around, knows uh, Zach from around here. We were... Um, me, him, and Ben were we were having a, a jolly good time at um, um, Hobson Holler, and we decided that we were going to go to um, uh, we were wanting to go to um, Central Flats and Taps and get some late night food. After uh, so, we got a we, we were responsible. and we got a driver down to uh, we, were, we got a driver lined up down to Hobson Holler, but he had to go get his dog. I don't know if you ever seen his dog. <laughs> Leo, we know. Yeah. So picture me and Ben in the back.
1: Um, hey, what and kind of dog is this? Because we're, we're laughing about it, but I'm, this is a Great Dane, dog. which is
2: yeah. ginormous. Oh. His, name, his name is Leo. <laughs> like me and Ben a, in the back. Huge.
0: The Great Dane in the middle between us. Um, Zach up front, riding to um, Central Flats and Tabs. Uh, singing Benny and the Jets <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my wonderful picture in your head for um, for a man and, and the, 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 one of the first times I've ever met man, so he's a, he's a good character he's, he's fun he makes crazy beer. so
1: good beer crazy good beer yeah we've, we've definitely noticed an improvement in the beer just, just yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not that it was ever bad but you, you know how you can tell when somebody's come in and put their hand on the recipe, and they may just have that, that one little twist to it that just makes it that much better. And he, he, yeah, and he does we're, a great we're, job. We're seeing and, that with a lot of the beer there. So. You know, I quit the,
2: uh, you know, our brewer in Clarksville, he's been there forever, and he makes great beers. I mean, but I equate it oh, yeah. to the, uh,
1: you know,
2: he makes these good, like these great high-gravity beers, like m- very malty, but then, you know, it's just you know, he does a really good job, but I equate it to, like, your, uh, your grandmother making that soup, you know. And what would you put in it, huh? I don't know, you know. Well, that's the uh, he makes these great beers, and you know, and you got Ben over here who's trying to, uh, you know, he'll he'll come up with it. And he tries to copy it, and you know, he's just racking his brain because he's more scientific and all. You know, he has a he has a degree in brewing science, and uh, yeah, um, you know, he's putting it into his uh, you know his program on his computer to calculate the IBUs and the ABV and SRMs, and you know, he he uh, just racks his brain on how to try to copy it, but. Um, ben is more of a, uh, you know, Ben's an IPA guy though. That's what he does. I mean, his IPAs are his thing. He does a really good job at them.
3: I can testify to that. I mean, no, <laughs> not only do I drink that stuff on a daily basis, but we
0: we run through it. I mean, we we
3: have to load up all the time. This stuff is delicious and it goes. We, we have
0: here in Knoxville. We have several breweries with restaurants or brew pubs. And we have um, uh, Downtown Grill and Brewery. We have Smoky Mountain Brewery, which is probably one of the most famous ones up in the southeast when it comes to. Um, uh, brew pubs or bre- uh, restaurant with a brewery. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting called out again by not being too close enough to the mic. I, I
1: love you, DJ.
0: How
3: I was the regular on this last time. You have to get right up on that mic.
0: Right up on it.
1: Unfortunately, that is the case.
0: But um, here, here lately, like, or that, those, those breweries, they have, they have, they have their standard beers where. Anytime you walk in the door, you sit down at the bar. They have those like four or five standards and beer, beers, but every now and then they'll come out with um, new stuff. Like how much, how how like creative do you let him? How creative do you let him? Like out just, just, talking just, about just Ben. Ben, how, yeah. how 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 creative do you let him be, or do, is you uh, like hey, let's stick to the standards and then then you can, you can have fun
2: later, or how do you um, you know in the in the. Uh, as far as the packaging and everything goes, you know, can sales, which we can a lot of, you know, we're starting to can. we got four packages in can or four different uh, beers in cans right now. And, uh, you know, he's doing a, uh, he's not being very creative right now. We're talking about a lot of stuff, and we have plans, but, you know, we're in the middle of summer, and um, that's what it is. I mean, it, you know, a lot of our beer, we're at capacity right now, and, uh, you know, we have plans to expand to, you know, September, October of this year to put in a few more fermenters and bright tanks. Which will help us expand, um, but we're not there right now. And you know, we have plans, and he's starting to develop recipes, and he's got a, uh, you know, he's got a little small pilot system that he's been playing with. But as far as coming out mass, you know, mass producing anything right now, that's not happening because you know all of our other beers are. You know, I blame it on him, and I tell him all the time, you know, you, the fact that you can't come up with any new beers is because you made an IPA that everybody wants, yeah, and we have to it's keep those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. so. Yeah, and it's—I mean—that's—that's that's the challenge of being a small brewery—is you once you once you've got something people like, you kind of have to keep producing it, to make sure it's replicable. And also, I, I give you
0: props on the uh, the can—the can design itself—it um, really pops on the shelf when you when you go buy that at, at, a, at a, a store or, or or beer market or wherever you go, and somebody goes, "Out a local IPA." white purple that that people yeah, that people green grab green that one ice. first because yeah. and and i think i think it really i mean it's a great beer and I, I mean, it's kind of cool that you've done the packaging well enough where it pops on people's
2: eyes and people grab it and, and yeah i mean they both did a good job and they're you know the guy that was doing our bottle artwork actually came up with the design for that ipa and he did a really good job and uh you know you know coming with the actually deciding to do the label on that was a uh, you know it was a big decision you know we didn't just you know it was something we thought about for, you know, a couple months and you know, we got kicked out of a couple of our uh, free storage spaces on all of our cans and decided that, you know, you know if we're going to have, you know, four or five, six cans going at one time, we can't afford to, uh, you, know, you know, have that much, you know, tie up that much capital in buying all those cans. So we decided to start labeling them. And the cool thing is, is I tell people all the time, is you can actually rip that label off and it becomes your sticker. You know, if you're going to stick that anywhere, it'll, it'll go, and it pulls right off of that can, and uh, we like it. Um, you know, it gives us a lot of, uh, you know, variety of what we can do. You know, coffee milk stout and uh, fresh hot pale ale that's coming out this fall. Uh, um, you know, all those little things are going to happen, and they're going to go into cans. We're excited about it.
1: That's really neat. So, so one of the other things, one of the other beers, aside from IPA, that I really like there. And this may be something that you can only get at Black Horse, but is your um, your cider. You guys do a really good cider, but more importantly than your regular cider, you guys do an incredible hard cider that typically comes out about summer, maybe early fall? Yeah, it just came out. It just it's came good. out, OK. Uh, and it's um, it's my hands down my favorite cider, period.
2: Yeah, that was one of those special conversations that our brewer in Clarksville had to have with Ben on how to brew it. Um, it was one of those things he actually drives up for and shows Ben how to do it, and we don't really remember how he did it. It's not written down. And it's just we know that guy knows how to make it, and, uh, you know, it's difficult for us. You actually, we're actually stopping fermentation on it, like, at a certain time to make sure it comes out right. But, you know, it comes out really well. You know, it's eight and a half to to you 9 know, nine and a half percent. I can't even remember now. Um, but it's a, it's a great cider, and it does a really good job with it.
0: Now, now you say that Ben went to Clarksville like the IPA that Ben came out with it is it, is it being produced in Clarksville? No that
2: comes you know that's Ben's beer that's it's only brewed by him and honestly uh, Ben has two or three other people that can brew beer with him and uh, he's the only one that brews the IPA he will not let anybody else touch it you know the, with the uh, 16 beers that he has on draft right now we don't actually uh, it's the only beer that he won't let anybody else brew um, without constant supervision
0: so uh, so you have which is, it's kind of cool that you have two locations and you kind of have two creative forces kind of making beers for one company like um how much give and take between the two breweries and, and the two different towns because you, um, you got middle tennessee and you got east tennessee uh both represented which is kind of cool so you get you, you always get the get the unique, uniqueness of two different groups of people. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, of wanting yeah, you yeah. wanting your beers, so you can uh, you get feedback from two different places. So how does that like? I guess the the way I would say is having the two different breweries. How does that shape your business model and shape your beer? Having I mean, the two different groups of people and two different styles of people. I mean, those Knoxville people are a lot different than. The oh, yeah, Coast, you people. know,
2: Clarksville people for uh, are definitely. I mean, they're they're gonna they actually. Um, they actually gravitate to our red and our vanilla, whereas Knoxville is gravitating to uh, you know the IPA, Hefeweizen, the IPA, um, or, and the vanilla cream ale. I mean, those IPAs are, are beers. very popular around here. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, IPAs in general are popular in the whole craft segment. I think 45% of all craft beer is an IPA. Um, you know, it's huge. It's a big part of it. You well know, we didn't actually start brewing an IPA until Ben got here. Um, we didn't have an IPA on that. We had a pale ale, and it was very. Uh, low hop you know 40 ibus we didn't have anything west coast style that you know really just you know was in that ipa category um you know he you know we always knew we needed it but we didn't need somebody to do it and he, he was the one to do it but
0: uh now, did he do the white ipa also
2: he did uh you know i can't I, you know i said let's do a white ipa we had just done a black ipa and our brewer in Clarksville did that one amazing beer and uh doesn't fit in the style category though we've tried submitting it several times to the competitions and you know, every time they, they come back, no flaws, uh, great beer, wrong category. And, you know, somebody said it needs to be in a chocolate category. Somebody said it needs to be in dark Cascadian ale. And we've given up now, and we're just going to keep it on draft and keep calling it Black IPA. We're not going to, you know, keep messing with, you know, submitted to competitions, but it's a great beer. Um, our brewer at came up with that one. He did a great job. But, uh, you know. I don't even remember the question,
0: but oh <laughs> <it's the>, uh, <laughs> I guess like the, the back to the original question was oh the Clarksville, the, the Clarksville versus Knoxville, yeah. and the fact of two different people feedback like how much, but maybe it's like How much do the two brewers collaborate? Then oh. also B is like how much um, does. The, will have influence on Clarksville,
2: and Clarksville have influence on Knoxville. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we came up with an Orange Rattler, and, you know, the brewer in Clarksville did that. And he's a, you know, it's a wheat beer, and he, he's very big on wheat beers. That's what he loves. He loves that. He loves big malty beers. He also loves to barrel age a lot. We have, you know, we have 90 barrels sitting over in our warehouse over there that he is, uh, they're like his babies. He'll walk through, and he tests them. And uh, we don't have that room over here, and we don't have that, uh, you know, we don't have the capacity to even brew any barrel aged beers, but he does. That's what he does. So our War Horse, which is a uh, bourbon barrel aged Scottish export, I mean, it's just amazing beer. And uh, you know, he does that one. And, is
1: that the War Horse? Yeah, the War Horse. That is a good a beer. Good beer. Yeah. Um, so he
2: does that beer. And then, uh, you know, they they collab- And as far as collaboration, they they talk all, you know, you know a couple times a week. Um, see what each other's doing. Um, how to do something. You know, like I said, you know, Ben has a degree in you know in brewing science, and you know. He, he's got his computer over there, and he's, you know, typing in his formulas and making sure that the beer is going to come out right. And you know, the brewer from Clarksville is, you know, like I said, your grandmother over there is making great food. And uh, but there's no, you know, you know, he's not. Uh, he'll call Ben for that little bit of science part of it. But you know, at the end of the day, they're both making really great beer, and they both do a really good job. And um, you know, I can't say enough about that. Just great people.
1: Awesome. Is it now? Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm watching Mike gingerly get up to to, to walk away and it, definitely uh, step away for a moment. But um, So tell me about, you know, I mean, obviously there's the beer aspect. Oh, thank you, DJ. There's obviously the beer aspect to Black Horse. Um, from a business aspect, is, is the, the intent of Black Horse as a company to move more towards distribution and maybe get a place where they can brew full-time and not have to worry about being just in the brew pub? Or what, what do they see as the, the future of, of Black Horse, if you will?
2: Well, honestly, you, you know, ever, you, you know, as a kid, you ever run down the hill and you're just like, I can't stop? Yeah. I mean, that's where I think, you know, there's no stopping now. I mean, we started it, and uh, we realized that, you know, let's keep going. And uh, then we realized that you know, definitely different than brewing for a brew pub. You I know, mean, you're just not sending some kegs out there. I mean, things are different, and... Uh, packaged beer. I mean, we just put in a canning line, and um, you know, we have our bottling uh, for our bottler. Uh, we do 20, ounce, 22 ounce bottles of uh, you know high gravity beers, and all these little things. And there's no stopping now. I mean, we're in it, and we we plan to you know keep at it. And, but we're not going to put out a bad beer. That's uh, you know, like any other brewer. I mean, we, there's brewers in town that have you know put out a bad beer before. And, um, we learned our lessons from that, and we're not going to never do that again. I learned my lesson from it, and, you know, just quality control, and it's a big part of, you know, uh, you know any brewery. Yeah. And uh, definitely if, we, you know, we've come a problem, which, you know, we've minimized those problems since Ben's been here, but um, we're not afraid to open up the bottom of that tank and let that thing fall, run out into the drain, you know, because we're yeah. not going to put out a bad one anymore. So.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's that's good to hear. I mean, quality control, It's I think it's a matter of growth. As you grow as a business, as you grow as a brewery, you're gonna you're gonna have those growing pains where you you know unintentionally will have things like that happen and it's just part of the business it's part of part of the learning curve and you know I don't think a lot of breweries around here have even realized you know to the extent of which quality control becomes important the minute that you start putting your brewery even in a keg and, and shipping it across town to somebody else
2: yeah so I mean there's a difference and you know. Um, I mean, just going to that with just kegs, I mean, that beer is always under, usually, I mean, for the most part, it's under constant refrigeration. You know, off flavors develop when that beer even warms up just a little bit, and then that's when you get into the whole packaging part of it. That's what we learned our hard lesson on is that beer went into a package and warmed up just a little bit and learned a big lesson that way. And uh, Ben came in and, you know, taught us a few things. We read up on it, and here we are. You know, we don't have those problems anymore. Started you know, testing our beer, and uh, you know, got a small lab downstairs in our brewery, and those things have helped us out a lot. You say downstairs? Do you mean here in Knoxville or out in? Yeah, down, down in Knoxville. We have a basement. You have
1: a basement? We do. We have
2: actually have uh, eight uh, serving tanks down there that act as uh, you know slash bright tanks, you know, sl- sign, or you know hooked up to our draft lines. I'm
0: surprised you didn't know that. No,
2: I didn't. I've heard about the
3: basement it's, before. Is that where you keep the bodies of your enemies? It yeah. could be. It is. Yeah. It is kind of scary down there.
2: Um, I was there during construction. and It was a uh, very scary site. We've uh, kept it a lot cleaner since then. So we're a lot better than that. But for the most part, it, it houses uh, all of those tanks. That little lab. Uh, you, know, you know, some random bottles of uh, you know our wicked harvest ale that you know sold out, but. You know, you had those three extra cases that didn't run on the bottling line, so those are sitting downstairs. Nice. Um, just, you know, weird stuff that are just, you know, come across and you know, what you have.
1: Well, you know, as you know, this week is Knoxville Craft Beer Week here in Knoxville. Um, we're obviously celebrating all the craft beer here in town. Um, and, you know, that culminates in um, Knox Fest at the end of the week. So I assume you guys are going to be there without question definitely we will we'll be there is there anything that people should be looking forward to uh, assuming this actually gets out well for the listeners here at least anything that you all should be looking forward to from Black Horse that might, they might not normally get well I don't know I mean you know with it being hot
2: outside and I don't think anybody's going to be excited about our we actually have our porter that's going to be poured <laughs> at the uh, food yeah. place the only person excited about that has been and he said it's the best batch of uh, porter that he ever brewed he said it's a I mean it's a smoke porter but you know I guess there's nothing, <laughs> the only person that will enjoy drinking a uh, smoke corner in June is in June Ben, and he's very excited about it. So, um, other than that, our Hefeweizen this year, I mean, we did a really great job at that. Went into a can, um, it was a good beer, and I think we're planning on pouring that. Uh, you know, I was talking to a distributor this morning, and um, we were making plans for it, but I have to see how much we have in inventory and make sure we don't run out anywhere else. Um, obviously, the number one goal is to make sure any of our accounts, our paying accounts, are not running out of beer while we're pouring it for a festival. Um, and obviously, we don't we don't let our paying accounts run out. We'll actually run out in the brew pub before we let them run out. So,
0: um, I guess it was how long, how long have you guys? How long have you guys been in Austin? Well, how many, how many? Three years, years now. Three we years. Actually, so I'm going three years. July fifth, two thousand thirteen. If, if if I'm incorrect in this, but. You guys, like, kind of re-entered the market through Brewfest, didn't you? Like, like that was... Our fir- f- yeah, our first
2: one back, is, you know, it was Brewfest. Fest, it was yeah. a, uh, um, we came back, and you know, we decided to open up, you know, that September of 2012, we came up and looked at this building, and it took a while to, like, the construction part of it. You know, everybody talks about their, alum- or their uh, the work they did with their, you know, I'm not diminishing that, you know, we, we actually, you know, it takes a lot of work to get your you know, TTB license and all that, but... Um, the construction took longer, and it was just a—it uh, was a process that was just, uh, you know, come over budget, and you know, everything takes a little bit longer. And we opened up on July fifth. Definitely not the best day to open up any restaurant in this world. We did it, and uh, at that point, at that point, we were just, you know, we need to open, and we're not going to open on the fourth because nobody's going to come in on the fourth. So we opened up on the
1: fifth. That's that's cool. That's actually one of my best friend's birthdays. So that's well, pretty awesome. Congratulations. He, uh, you know, happy birthday to him. <laughs> um,
2: we opened up and it was a, uh, you know, hey, it, it did all right, you know, yeah. you know so obviously we were on a constant climb on that.
0: She'll get you something. She will. Rachel, Rachel.
1: I know. It's the fun thing about live
0: podcasting. Well, live podcasting, <laughs> yeah. you have
1: people serving
0: beer. People, IPA. People, IPA's, all IPAs all around. IPAs all around. I just right. went and got myself a Black Horse IPA.
3: <laughs> Black Horse IPA. I'm representing the Knox Beer Week. And, uh, yeah, we
0: Black, sure. Hey, Black Horse. We'll go ahead and um, t- say this right now. Black Horse IPA is available
1: at Sugar Mamas. Yeah. Come, to Sugar, come, to, come to Sugar Mamas. Um, as, as is their vanilla cream ale. Which oh, yeah. which Ratchet we, we got to give him credit created the swirl yeah. which is a, a fantastic combination of the uh, the vanilla cream ale and um,
3: yeah, so it's a it's a, it's a combination of the Young's double chocolate stout and the Young's vanilla double cream chocolate. ale thank you which is a fantastic drink I've never had even my dad gave that rave reviews it, I mean you know he's he's awesome but he's a nerd he doesn't drink craft beer and he loved it so I mean that tells you something it's a very
2: good entry level beer for anybody that's not a craft beer drinker <coughs> or somebody that wants a uh, you know, just a, you know, it's a sweet beer, and um, you know, it's, uh, you know, all that. It, it's got a really strong vanilla flavor. Yeah. You know, so. And it, it
1: goes really well with the uh, the great sweets here at Sugar Mom's, which. Oh, yeah.
3: So like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know, what we do with the vanilla cream ale though. We do uh, on Tuesdays. We do uh, craft beer floats.
2: So we get uh, we get Death by
3: Godiva, and we put it in the vanilla cream ale.
2: Okay, I'll definitely be yeah. back for that. And then one. we
3: put the uh, we get vanilla and put that in the Young's Double Chocolate So those are our two uh, floats. So you guys are one of the one <laughs> of the names on that one.
0: Now, now the the, the space in Knoxville here it was it was more of a classier upscale restaurant before it was um, um, you know you, you say but that and you're very correct about blackboard.
2: that. We were not searching for that. I know um, but, but it <laughs> happened.
0: I know but with all the dark wood you, and everything. I'm gonna say when you go when you go into um, when you go into Black Horse, you get this very classy upscale feel. And I and and at first like I didn't know how well that would go over with a crappier uh customer. But, but for me Refills. beer, we we just got beer, so but, but for me <laughs> but for me after going there several times it was it was really nice to, to uh, come into a place that was kind of uh, it, it and it has grown on me so well and I've been there to uh, I've really, I literally live around the corner so gone there to watch a couple uh, like Tennessee football games and a couple places and it's really kind of cool to have almost like the the, the craft beer and that kind of you kind of feel the upstate classy environment but and it's and truthfully it's i mean that the Bearden area i guess i mean it's it's in my class and stuff but i guess it was that was just the, the restaurant that was there before and you guys i took took that and, and kind of went with it and stuff but and it and it's it's got you know, some char- it has got some character after a while
2: well you know you call character but you, you we have our pub in clarksville that's been there for 20 you know 20 plus years and um, i would say that it, you know the dark wood and everything but it all looked new when you know it's only three years old. When you get twenty years of wear on a place, yeah. people quit calling it classy. And uh, it I, mean, becomes, I guess twenty years—that's years what from our now, floor looks like. It becomes, yeah. it becomes yeah. after twenty years it becomes vintage. Yeah, it's vintage, and uh, that, I think that we we wanted the vintage look, but it was all clean, so uh, you know, and perfect looking, and there were no flaws, and uh, you know, we're okay with that. I mean, obviously, we want somebody to come in and get it—you know—a um, place to have a good meal. You know that's not the uh, that's not what we were shooting for. Obviously, we I know. To yeah. A beer place. But well, but your food is awesome, though. I mean, you have amazing food. No,
0: hey, that, that's another thing I was wanting to get to. Great segue there. Thank you. What's <laughs> uh, uh, the food. wonderful food? Was was the wonderful? Well, it's going to be even better when I get
2: some of the Sugar Mama's uh, baked goods on the uh, I menu. I'm not going to lie to you about that. Yeah. The
0: food. Do you guys? Do you guys ever um, trade any of the food or? or does, does any of the brewers ever have any of the food in mind when they brew,
2: or is it just like? Oh, definitely not. I mean, it's more of a uh, the brewer starts backwards and just thinks, you know, what this is what I want to make, and then he creates a recipe working backwards, and then the uh, kitchen manager just has to, uh, and the chef just has to play catch up um, because you know we're not going to uh, everything is based on the, what the brewer is going to do that week and what's on his whim or that you know that quarter. It's not like we're brewing a different beer every week, but. Um, you know, the kitchen managers place catch-up on that. They do a good job, though. Um, but we have some good food, and, you know, everything's made from scratch, and uh, they do a good job.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the burgers are, are phenomenal. I've had the pizzas there before. Um, the pizza is, is great. I, you know what's best with the pizza, though? What's What's <laughs> best with the pizza is a, is a glass of shut the hell up to Mike.
3: <laughs>
0: actually what's great with the pizza is, is the um, the IPA it's like, yep. I, I love getting like the barbecue chicken pizza with with an, with an IPA which is, which is phenomenal and, and that's one of the things like it seems like you guys I mean it's a lot of your larger stuff is kind of traditional American food right. food and but a lot of it will really go well with some some of your beers. And it looks like I mean to me, it seems like there was some sort of thought with. with oh, there that. was. I
2: mean, we just not we're not very good with putting it on the menu like that. You just, you walk into some folks and you know everything is paired with a different beer and uh, well, we haven't been very good with that. But, yeah, but yeah, well, we'll you better. want to leave that open to the customer though, because right, definitely, it, it,
0: like like you don't want to pair a beer with a food and all of a sudden the customer goes that's horrible because everybody's tastes are different. Oh yeah, but. But some, but you you hope that that food that you make will draw it to a beer. You know right. what I'm saying? Bring it back
2: up to your other point about the uh, Clarksville you know store. I mean, you walk in there and somebody says they want to they want a pale ale and they're just thinking pale the color and um, you know they're thinking well that's probably the lightest beer that they have. When in theory, I mean, now they've just gotten a beer that's 45 IBUs and. Hey, can you take this back? I don't think it tastes right. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a difference in Knoxville. Somebody orders a pale ale, they know what they're ordering. Knoxville, not so much. I mean, you know, craft isn't coming around as fast there, but it is coming around. You know. Well, uh, we had like we had.
1: what do
0: we have? <laughs> fanatic on. We had fanatic. Yes. Marty Vellis. Marty like, Vellis. I, I forgot but Marty Vellis's name. He
1: talked about. He talked about like yeah. Are you going to that? No. Awesome yeah, I was going line. to on that. What,
0: no, he, I was going to that kind of like like thought process that he makes. He at Smoky Matter Brewery. He was making beers for the um, like the eighty percent that doesn't yeah. drink crap beer. And, and he did that phenomenally, and, and in some ways, I guess you guys have to do the same thing. Oh yeah, definitely. You have, you have to make have beers for the people that don't like craft beer, but then all of a sudden, you get them in by like you get them in by drinking the craft beer. Then they would never had a, a, a double hopped or whatever or yeah. a wool horse or something something different. But the thing of it is, that they like your barnstormer. And they're like, oh, that's that's delicious. I'm going to try this and this and this because of that. And, and brew pubs and, brew, I guess, restaurants and breweries are craft beer uh, fan makers, I guess. I don't know the way, way to put that. Yeah. They, they bring people in to the craft beer world.
1: They they're kind of the gateway drug, really. Because, yeah, I mean, be, uh, most people get their start. Did somebody say swirl? Yes, we did. Woo! Oh, my gosh. We got a
3: swirl. Woo! Ratchet just brought in the swirl. So we got a... Uh, we got some uh, vanilla cream ale layered with some Young's Double Chocolate Stout, uh, and it looks like so a miracle.
2: Before we even opened, I, wa- I knew I wanted vanilla cream ale, and that black horse on top of it is ultimate dessert beer. Ratch is invading
3: the podcast
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: we are very lucky to have Ratchet as our in-house yeah. beer master here Absolutely, at Sugar Mamas.
1: Ratchet's awesome. You guys are lucky. Yeah, that swirl. If you if you've not sampled it yet, it is it is fantastic. So I don't know if you know, but it's
2: actually the difference in alcohol by weight that keeps it separated like that. Huh. So it's pretty neat.
3: I'm actually a physicist normally, so there you, yeah. go. Know that. you know You knew it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the uh, going back to it, it's like a, you know it's like your your dad drinking scotch when you were young. And you're just like I could never drink that. That's how I think of IPAs. But then you acquire the taste for scotch or an IPA, and it becomes your favorite drink that's how I think about it you know as craft beer drinkers anytime the you know, first time I ever drank an IPA I was like how can anybody ever drink this and uh now you know I, I appreciate the aroma and the flavor and, um, I just appreciate all of it it's just one of those things that you know I think it's an acquired taste
1: Yeah. I was just gonna say I
3: mean when uh when we got when I got up here to Tennessee I mean like I had never been a craft beer drinker when I got here and the first thing I get into uh, it's pretty good that swirls good yeah <laughs> When We first got up here. I mean, like I, I I didn't know anything about craft beer. I was still drinking, you know, cheap, uh, like you know, Florida white trash beer, which is what I am. And uh, and I remember one day my buddy. Damn the swirl! Swirl's good. uh, Swirl's real good. Real good.
1: It's dessert.
3: But we got we had to go to this. uh, We had to take our buddy to her kids. uh, We had to take our buddy and her kid to their the kids' uh, party, birthday party or whatever. And we were hungover as hell. And we're like, we got to break out of here for lunch. So we went over to Smoky Mountain Brewery and we got that wheat. And it was the best thing we'd ever had at that point in time. And from there, it was a gateway on. We went to, you know, uh, we had the Fanatic Blonde. We had the uh, vanilla cream ale. And then, you know, I'm thinking, I'm never going to drink IPAs. And before you know it, I'm drinking mostly IPAs. So that elevation, man, that that whole evolution comes along over time.
0: Well, I've heard several people that I've talked to that, like, they went to... the original location of Spokeman Mountain Brewery in Sevierville on vacation, and that was their exper- first ever experience in craft beer. Absolutely, and so they, they've had it, and then they then they went went back home, and they they kind of researched or they looked up craft beer, a place a good craft get, get, get craft beer or, or a brew pub at home, and started the brew pub at home, and it, we came to a a whole new thing. Like, and you have like, and you're not that far from UT campus. Like, you're just like literally on the same street though as as the strip. Right. Essentially, Definitely, yes. And so you're not that far from UT Hampton, so you can get people that are out of town coming in for, for, for on uh, on game day around, uh, around town, is, and and you can with the brew pub or the restaurant slash brewery model can very much like get people into the craft beer. World.
2: Oh yeah. You know we uh, you know I track those sales and I take a look at them and you know red uh, our barnstormer red was our top seller still is, but uh, you know the close second was always the blonde. Then we put the IPA on, and then all of a sudden it started creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Next thing you know, it's like edging up the red. As you know, you have to have that beer on. The majority of people, you know, they're not going to go for. It. They might not want that hoppiness, but um, it started creeping up there, and it's become one of our top three sellers. I mean, people want that beer. Um,
1: so just because they want the beer, people
0: will get introduced into the craft beer world, and They'll come into your place. Then they'll have they'll have the uh, they'll have the red. They'll have the, the Pell-L, Then they'll get like required taste for craft beer, and they'll want to experiment and try more. And the next thing you know, you've got the you've got them on hooked on the IPA, which is which is I say hooked like it's a like it's a
1: drug deal. Yeah. Well, well, no. Prior I mean, it, like, like I said, it's a gateway drug. Like, it's only technically a drug. R- brew, pubs really, yeah. <laughs> R- brew pubs really are like a, like a gateway drug to me because, I mean, Smoky Mountain Brewery was one of the first um, that I really went to um, and really started going to regularly. And for people who don't seek out craft beer, for, for just casual downtowners and people that just happen to be like, hey, we need somewhere to eat tonight. Hey, they don't have Bud Light on tap. What, what can I get? Which... Do you guys have Bud Light on tap? You know, we do and you know, oh. That
2: brings up a really good point. I mean well, I mean it's the veto vote. I mean, you know, people come into yeah. the uh, restaurant yeah. and they don't want to have anything else. You know, I don't carry other I mean the only thing I carry are Bud Light, Budweiser and Mick Yeah. That's it. I mean well one, my distributor is Budweiser. Uh, oh, but, I gotcha.
1: Well or Cherokee. So, well, so not is, Cherokee. I don't to Cher- require? Well, I
2: don't have any Cherokee products. Um, no, I mean,
0: Cherokee's the distributor for Butterwise, right?
2: No, no, Cherokee's the distributor for uh, Miller Lite. And oh, Miller Lite, I'm sorry. Miller-Port. So it's, it's Eagle then, I'm sorry. Eagle? Eagle I, oh, I thought Delete I I that. Too. I got it backwards. I'm sorry, Nate. I did I meant.
0: <laughs> I got gotta so, got got backwards. Delete that, delete that.
2: So, or at not. Least for
0: the Yingling
3: bike, I will get rid of it at some point, I promise. I don't know what hey, and I'm not going to,
2: you know, going back on that subject, I mean, you know, you have people that will, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but. The majority of so many people out there are drinking uh, domestic products. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I know it's more than 75% um, of the craft, or of the beer sold is still domestic. And I have decided over the last couple months that I'm not going to put down the big guys anymore because you know I feel like I'm putting down a big group of people when I do it. You know, maybe if I slowly bring them over to my side, but I don't want to offend them because I'm offending 75% of the people or yeah. whatever it is. I don't want to offend all those people. I want them to slowly come over to our side, and, uh, you know, drink a different
1: beer if they want to. If not, yeah. we're going to keep that beer on. In the give pot. them, give them a comfortable place exactly. where, but where bring, they can, yeah. you know, bring, come in and try. Yeah. Bringing
2: down the big guy to lift us up is not. I don't. I don't know if that's the solution. Um, you know, we're going to let them do their thing. You know, and you know, them buying out like other breweries. Uh, I can. I can testify to a lot of things, but, you know, Goose Island got bought out by Budweiser. I'm going to tell you that the beer probably got better. Uh, uh, the barrel aging program got better. I feel like a lot of those things got better. And it's probably because they just have more
1: money now. Yeah. So
2: I don't know, but that's well, probably some, what it is.
1: Some of the breweries, like um, like I think, uh, gosh, Terrapin is a good example of this. They didn't give away majority ownership. They still maintain their craft beer status, and yet they have support from Miller Coors. And they've done it, and they've done it really well, and it's given them the ability to take some of the investors out of the picture that were maybe causing a problem for them right. or maybe making it more difficult to raise capital to actually get the stuff they needed well, some to of the continue margin, to distribute. Yeah. yeah, some of the margins
2: are so small in craft beer. Yeah. You have to. I mean, the margins start...
3: are fantastic.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, from well, a retailer standpoint, they're selling that craft beer. Obviously, I can give you, a, you know, I can make you a spreadsheet to show you that you're going to make more money on that craft beer. But, sure. um, you know, you start drawing a double IPA on the craft brewery standpoint, and you're trying to, you know, keep in line with the next guy, um, obviously your costs are going up. Yeah. And, you know, the margins get smaller. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: The, the, the challenge is, and I think it's why there's a lot of um, contempt for a lot of the breweries um, that do sell out, is that right now we're in a position where, you know, craft beer is growing 16%. I don't know what the stat was this year, but I know last year, 16% market share within the beer industry was craft beer. And the beer industry as a whole only grew by like half a percent. So you've got this place where it's really almost that the major breweries are realizing they need to listen. And they need to retaliate and move and actually acquire craft breweries as part of their strategy for craft. So. And yeah, put it into their high-end high end
2: section of their game. I mean,
3: that's, exactly. that's, that's their strategy for survival. And that's the only way they can make it at this point in time because of the no. growth. But I mean, like, I really, I agree very strongly with your point that you cannot sit around a dog that's, like, you know, the standard domestics. I mean, doing that is basically knocking out John Q. American. Like, you're basically saying that your average working man is dumb for drinking that beer. And you just, yeah. that's, first of all, that's poor shit. But I mean, you know, they, they haven't had that experience yet. They grew up on this stuff. I grew up on that stuff. Yeah. And they have to slowly become exposed to it. I mean, our whole thing... Similar is is you know we keep all of our domestics in package. Right, we have we have Bud Light, Coors Light, whatever you want in you know, bottles and cans. It's very affordable, but we also will say, hey man, I know you want a draft. Why don't you try um you know the um, vanilla cream ale or the um, fanatic one, something like that? And they're like hey, this is pretty good.
0: Yeah,
2: fanatic vanilla- one, a very easy drinking beer. Okay. I mean. You might convert somebody. You might not. I don't know. Um, yeah, but you
3: do, though. I mean, a lot of people yeah. are like, man, this is not bad. And the next thing you know, they order another Fnatic Bond. And then what happens? Then they're me. Then they're drinking IPAs all the time. <laughs>
2: but, uh, you know, oh, Devil's Backbone got bought out. And, yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, I'm going I'm to go through, through my I, two cents. But, you know, already what, already uh, already you already know what people don't feel like, Oscar Blues and Cigar City, you know, merged. And yeah. that's Wait, it.
0: What? Yeah, ba- yeah, basically. I,
2: I had missed that news. When yeah. did that happen? Well, that's a big conglomerate right there, and that's what I see the industry going to. Is a lot of these big guys, you know, Yingling, Sam Adams. Uh, you can go down the list in the top ten. I see those guys buying up smaller craft breweries. Um, you know, the market share is. Uh, you know, I read an article on it. It becomes the Me Too. It's like how many skews can you? It's like well, it's like how many skews can you get into a Kroger? Um, there's only so many shelf facings that you can get, wow. and you know, little guys like Black Horse over here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Me too. I want to be on that shelf too. Absolutely. Well, yeah. That hurts. You know, say Sweetwater down in at Atlanta. They're not as local as we are. I mean, you know. But you see what I'm saying? You get into that point, and then you, you know, those guys are me too. Well, Sweetwater, Sweetwater, one day might want to buy up like you know Sawhorse Brewery, and you know, pick up theirs. Increases the revenue and then it uh you know helps them out well
0: yeah and, and i should understand like um somebody might come into your um your brewery and you they they go hey i, I, I like shock i've I like, i've had a shock top or i've had a blue moon and you go you introduce them to your yeah, hefeweizen but but for me per, personally uh, i'm and you've said it before here at your place you want to be hyper local. I try. I, I I tend on the on the side of hyper localness and, and trying to su- support everybody here in, in in town and try to support the local brewer, the breweries and stuff. And some of the business tactics of, of the major breweries, I'm not the huge fan of. But again, it's, it goes back. You want to increase beer sales in general. You don't. So you don't want to like like I said. I don't want to offend the person who's or turn away the person. That, that wants the that, that wants the Bud Light, but maybe serving them one Bud Light or two Bud Lights, I understand that. Then you go, and they come back, then they might
2: have your Barnstormer and here. They might have that.
0: So yeah. I think I think that's a very
2: smart business yeah. plan. And hey, you know what our bartenders do that, too. They'll, they'll drop a, you know, if somebody comes to the bar and they drop off a uh, Bud Light, they'll actually drop that Bud Light off, and then they'll take our blonde and set it right down there next to it in a little sample glass. Yeah. And say, hey, try this out, you know. They'll talk to them. We're not trying to, you know, persuade anybody or, you know, make sure that they go to our uh, – we don't want them to go to our side, but we want them to know that there are other
1: options out there, you know, uh, support local. But Yeah, give, give them a chance, give them an opportunity to give it a shot.
3: I was going to say, I mean, for us, I mean, I think the best strategy uh, – this was this was like a call between uh, – Ratchet and I were thinking about this a lot before we opened up, but it was like, do we want to have one domestic on draft? And I was like, no, we don't. So we'll keep it in package. And I mean, that way, I mean, if somebody wants a butter or or whatever else, they can get it. But it, it actually does encourage people to go ahead. We, we've never had somebody walk out of the door because we said, oh, no, I'm sorry, we don't have that on draft. I mean, they'll just say, hey, man, I'll take it. And, that, and either they'll sit there and drink several Bud Lights or whatever, or they'll say, well, let me try that. Let me try something that's about the same ballpark. And that's when you start planting those seeds. So, I mean, I feel like actually having, like, package as opposed to draft domestics it does encourage people to move towards the draft and towards the
2: craft. Huh. I just think for the retailer, it's just a, uh, just for the retailer, it's, you know, like the like I said, the veto vote, the guy that says, well, they don't have anything that I want to drink, and then the entire group of, like, say, seven, no. seven people don't go to that, you know,
1: spot, and that's what I worry about. What, what, are you, what are you signing to me over here, DJ? I
0: was trying to say, do you want to wrap
1: it up soon, or do you want to keep on going? Because I can talk about this for, for until
0: tomorrow, till, till because I think you're having some, some family feud here. At the-
3: this is actually an incredibly good conversation. I've been enjoying this a lot.
1: So it's, is this up to Mike whether we continue or not? We can take it a little bit longer, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Take a little bit longer, and
0: then wrap it up.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, Ooh, that's but- what I just heard Mike say. <laughs> thank you, Thank you, DJ. <laughs>
1: I, it's hard beer? to hear it here. Hey, I think we're gonna wrap it up in, in just a few.
0: This segment um, brought to you by Trojan Branding Condoms.
1: <laughs> Don't make the mistake, DJ. Mother, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you, DJ. Anyway, I love me too.
1: I <laughs> love uh, three. Oh. Oh, anyways, um, craft beer is you know it, it's, Tra- it's craft- important to bring people over. Oh yeah, and, and, and it does and it does take time for people who are used to only a certain type. I remember going into Downtown Grill and Brewery with my um, my old sales team uh, about a year ago, and we, we sat down. It was March Madness. We got beers, and um, you know of course I was the only one at the table that actually ordered a Downtown Grill and Brewery beer and didn't order a Miller Light. It just about killed me. A little part of me died inside when that happened.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Um, where do you see Black Horse in ten years? Um, and I mean, where do you see the the, the production, the the brew pub, the whole nine yards, not, not just the like and uh, like the creation of beer, like. And I think I think they've already in their. I'll go ahead. And I'm gonna get. I think they've already become a pretty much. Um, Pretty much supplanted herself in crap um, crapier culture.
2: You know, there's the, I'm uh, way
0: closer to the mic than you have ever been today. So the, you're doing good, but wait. Anyway, so, but anyway, but ten years out, what, what do you see?
2: Where do you see Black Horse, and where do you see the trajectory of the company? And and I mean the overall goal, and I think that any uh, you know to be sustainable in this industry is to is to have. I don't think we're ever going to open up a brewery that doesn't have a restaurant attached. Um, And I know it hurts us. You know, people look at us as competition, and we're really not. Um, I believe that, you know, anybody coming to Sugar Mamas is not going to come to the Black Horse tonight. that's just what it is. I mean, I think that they are, once they're in downtown, that's where they're at. And, uh...
3: Whatever lives downtown stays downtown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh,
2: but you know, we're not. Uh, but we're not going to open up a black roast that doesn't have a restaurant attached. That's not our goal. Um, so if you're talking about long term, yeah, we do want to open up another brew pub. Uh, don't see that happening in the next year or two. But um, it was on the plan, and you know, it's put on the back burner for right now. And but we will open back up. We'll probably open up another brew pub. Um, and get another, you know, bigger brewery inside of it, and, you know, a little bit more uh, production coming out of it. That's our goal. Um, obviously, we, uh, we're we going to just stay small, though. Um, at the end of the day, we have an obligation to pay our employees, so we're not going to overextend ourselves. Well, that, that's always great when you hear A company wants to put their
0: employees first and put, put the art of the beer first and... Uh, uh, and and I think that since you guys have been here, you guys have been very good, um, been good members of the community and um, been helping out the beer community and stuff. Um, is there any events or anything coming up down the line that we need to promote and
2: get get the word out about? Gosh, man, we have Brewfest coming up. Uh, Woo! I think June, uh, I have to go back and look at my calendar, it's June 25th, it's the Saturday right there, so I don't know if it's the 24th or 26th, but I think it's June 25th, uh, we have our uh, Black Horse Big Wheel race at, over at a Carolina Ale House. Very um, cool. We have some... Uh, wait, 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 a
1: big wheel race? Yeah, so
2: we have uh, big wheels, or are adult size, so... What? Could, Can they actually drift trikes, um, they actually slide if you... No. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have watched people do them, and I actually bought them. And uh, but I have not ridden on one yet. But teams of four, and it's going to uh, it's going for the uh, special spaces um, charity.
1: So we're going to get back the uh, proceeds back to that. DJ, we might we might have to do that. Oh, that, that the team the most four. four that's all awesome. you need. Most staff. <laughs> yeah, most staff. Not the rapper, but most good on you, definitely. man. That's awesome. Um, other than that, I mean, we have some other festivals coming up. But
2: if, I mean, for the most part, that's what it is. Hops in the Hills is coming up. I can't remember the exact date on that. Uh, Any, uh, so, you, but the beers coming out this fall, you said we have do, we have beers coming out this fall. Um, the first one, oh, we're going to switch over half of items in the cans right now, and with you know placements that have been going on in Publix, it'd be kind of awkward. Uh, the, we're going to wait on the Publix placements and go ahead and put the fresh hop pale ale in, uh, which is really cool. We're actually going to drive up to the hop farm and watch them and watch them uh, <laughs> pick those hops, and then. Basically, you know, six hours after, you know, twelve hours after picking them, we're gonna bring them down and put them into a, a brew, and uh, you know, it's gonna be great. We, you know, I think it's like fifty pounds of hops per, you know, ten barrels of beer or something. It's wait, like wait there's a
1: hops farm near here, then? Yeah, yeah well, I there's actually several know that. here in Knoxville. Yeah, I there's just, several. I didn't know that. But
2: Come on, Chris, get up with it. Well, but, uh, this is why we humble beer. This, I, already, is I had already the signed a contract office. with this guy up in Abingdon, and okay. uh, we had. a— uh, you know, we had uh, gotten close over this last year. We, we, we used this hops last year, and it's probably the, it really the first beer that Ben brewed by himself um, without, you know, anybody's uh, input. He just, you know, thought of it up. It was a great beer, and we're going to do it again. And you know what fresh hop beers are like. I mean, they're amazing. And uh, we're excited about this one this year. After that, White IPA goes into a can. And then Coffee Milk Stout, we did a small rollout in the middle of the uh, summer. Kind of weird for a Coffee Milk Stout, but we did it. <laughs> and <laughs> Why sold, not? sold really well and uh, we're gonna do official rollout this fall um big time for that one And it was a great beer and knocked that one out of the park um then we're working on a uh, tropical ipa as of right now and uh we hope to have that one out in about six weeks
0: wow yeah and thank you so much for being a part of it oh, yeah. um
2: We need to get Mike,
0: Mike,
3: get in here to give give his... I was going to say, if you You don't don't think coffee milk stout will sell in the summer, you should look at our revenues on Wise (laughs) Acre.
2: Well, you know, I tried to equate it to like going to Starbucks and buying an iced coffee, but, you know, nobody wanted to listen to me about that. But, you know, (laughs) it's sold and the distributor wants more. So I was right in the end. So that's all I got to say about that.
0: That's important. It'll sell, brother. It'll sell. So, Mike... I'll drink it all. Since the last time we talked on the Sugar Mamas podcast, give us the... The Cliff nosed version of everything that's happened here, and yeah, where, where to come, where to go, where to see, where to do.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, so we started out. Uh, we took over a Holly, old Holly's 135 place. We basically gutted the place, took out the booze, made a ton of space in here. Got a lot of extra approvals from uh, fire and everybody else for our renovations. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Here. And uh, so I mean we started out with the fanatic black uh, release on uh, I think it was January or sorry April sixteenth uh, or fifteenth, and we had a line going down the street if some people remember. But ever since then it's been a great uh, great craft beer experience. And uh, Ratchet keeps coming up with new cool ideas on stuff to do. Uh, fantastic inventions. We got the uh, swirl. We got the mocha, which is a combination of the uh, young double chocolate stout and the uh, Weisager. Yeah. And I mean of course we have uh, we have craft beer things all week. Yeah. your floats and everything else
0: like you, you guys have like like g- general trivia like and and events and music and stuff brother yeah. we got we
3: have music five days a week and we have uh trivia bingo pop all kinds of other stuff to intoxicate your brain The really
0: yeah so we got sugar mamas on twitter facebook at sugar mamas Knox brother. and what's your facebook and twitters and stuff uh facebook's and twitters <laughs> and stuff <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know we were just talking about this earlier I'm not really good at all this and uh, it's at Black Horse Brews is our Twitter Excellent. there you go as hey, Facebook goes then I, I would just suggest putting in the search section Black Horse Pub hey, and, Rury, and, and also uh, there's this guy that works for you guys he's named Scott yeah he does a great job <laughs> he's a, he, a freaking punk yeah, well, No, you know, he actually went on a road trip. And, uh, He's, he was on the podcast on yeah, the Sugar Mamas, right. episode, Sugar Mama's episode. Yeah, he, he did a great job. Uh, on his road trip, he I did guess a great job. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't ask for it. Honestly, I can't ask for a better staff that we have right now. He's a, uh, you know, Scott, Ben, Witt, Nicholas, uh, the managers that I, we have at the pub. Uh, you know, can't get better than everybody that. except for Scott. Well, you know, I like Scott. So Scott I mean, probably we'll be... deserves a raise. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and if you want to learn a story about Scott and DJ, listen to the Sugar Mamas podcast.
1: Also to learn the story about Sugar Mamas.
3: Yeah, I might have been a little drunk through that one, but that's all right. So was, was that. A little bit through this one also. God bless America.
0: And I just want to go ahead and say, <laughs> Jerry is crazy.
1: Okay, n- now we're just playing with the BA system. Where we are, just messing. It's a live podcast, podcast so we're just messing with the BA system. That's that's <laughs> right. That's what we're doing because we're crazy like that. Chris is like this
3: breaches the uh, professionalism we hear at NPR. Hey, hey Jerry,
1: <laughs> hey Jerry, I want to go to the spirit in the sky.
0: It's where I go when I die. I'm singing a little United song while we're, anyways. <laughs> Thanks for having I love us you on, guys. Hey, I'm I, I am, I am trying to like break up the get the crowd in the in the involved. Can, can we get a woo from the crowd, Elise? Yeah, that's right. There you uh, go.
1: Thank you guys for coming out tonight. Thank you all for listening. Um, thank you, Mike, for hosting and letting us come in here. I,
3: Is it true that we're gonna have all future uh, Humble Beer podcasts here at
1: Sugar Mamas? Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, Brandon, thank you so much. Thanks for having me thank out. Thank you for coming out. Uh, definitely try out Black Horse Brewery. I don't know why I keep looking hey, at the sign every time. If you're in Clarksville
0: or Knoxville, the Vills.
1: The Vills. The Vills of Tennessee. Brandon,
3: I still have your CO2 tank in my truck, so I will get that <laughs> to you right you.
1: now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for coming out. And remember to uh, stay humble. And drink good beer. Woo! That's right.
0: That was fun. That was fun. I got beat. That's, That's what I was going to have that much fun. Cause I'm halfway down in the
3: bottom of a bottle and I ain't gonna
0: change my ways. And I ain't half bad when I do what I and don't.